continue our sermon series on battle grounds. Can you say battle grounds? Battle grounds. So today is the third week, in fact, uh, on this series. Two weeks before we started this sermon series on battle grounds. And we have been visiting various different battle grounds from the Old Testament to find the way enemy used to attack the children of God and the strategies the children of God adapted to fight against the enemy. And today we are going to visit another battleground in the Old Testament. So before we get there to the battleground, shall we all stand for a moment to make the declaration of war? Shall we all stand for a moment? And we do this, do, do this very, 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 very passionately because we know that we are in a warfare and we are getting engaged in the warfare with our enemy, the enemy of our soul. And this morning we are here to declare the war. Shall we go ahead? Number one, we declare that we are in war with the kingdom of darkness. Our war is not a physical war as we don't fight against flesh and blood. We will not give up. We will not compromise. We will not lose our focus. We will fight and gain victory. We are more than conquerors. We will make damage to the kingdom of darkness. We don't fight on our own strength. We fight in the name of Jesus who stripped the principalities and the powers of darkness at the cross. We are not alone in this battle. The captain of our army is marching forward. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down our strongholds. We wear the whole armor of God, the belt of truth. The word of God. And we are ready for the battle. In Jesus' name, we declare. We affirm and we engage ourselves in war. Amen. Please be seated. Today we are going to see, we are going to visit at another battleground of the Old Testament called the battleground of Rephidim. Can you say that with me? The battleground of Rephidim. We read about the battleground of Rephidim in the book of Exodus chapter 17 we are going to read a couple of verses from exodus chapter 17 so if you have your bible with you can you turn to exodus chapter 17 let's find out what is going on in the battlefield of rephidim are you there exodus chapter 17 verse 1 then all the congregation of the children of israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of, sin, wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people continued with Moses, sorry, con contended with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people, thirst, people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? 
So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What shall I do with this people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord spoke to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hands your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb and you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel so he came see so he called the name of the place Maza and Meribah because of the contention of the children of Israel and because they tempted the Lord saying is the Lord among us or not verse 8 now Amalek came and fought with children of Israel in Rephidim and Moses said to Joshua, choose some men and go out fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek and Moses and Aaron and her went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed and when he let down his hands Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy so they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Verse 13. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua. That I will utterly blot out the remembrance of the Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner, Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. This morning what we read, a little bit of narration of the story about what really happened in the wilderness of sin, in the place or in the battleground called Rephidim. Let us try to understand the location where exactly the battle took place. Where Rephidim is exactly and what really happened over there. And this morning I want you to follow me very carefully because we are just going to explore. We are just going to, you know, we are going to uh, disclose some of those, you know, uh, things, the revelations from the word of God. I just want you to be following carefully with me. Rephidim. In fact, Rephidim was the last station of Israelites between the wilderness of Sin and the wilderness of Sinai. The name means rest or stays or it's resting or resting places. That's what Rephidim means. Right? You know that there's a question for quiz. In Rephidim, there is no water. Water could not be found. And people of God, they could not drink for quite a few days. And they lost their patience and in fact they wanted to stone Moses. Who is the victim if anything goes wrong? Moses. Who is your victim in your family if something goes, anything goes wrong? Husband? Moses? <laughs> you have Moses? <laughs> okay. Sorry. In Rephidim, there is no water. So Moses was about to stone to be dead because people were so distressed. So Rephidim is a place where Moses was asked to smite the rock. And when he did that, water gushed out of the rock. 
And because of the attitude of the people, you know, he named Rephidim, uh, that particular place, he gave two names. One is Maza, that means testing our temptation. And another name, Meribah, quarreling our strife. How many of us named our children as Meribah? You have anybody? You have anybody known in your family named as Meribah? No? Okay, good, great. You all read the Bible. Okay? So Moses, now repeatedly, you know, he wanted to refer to this incident in the later days. In fact, God wanted to refer to this incident in the later days. How people of God became unfaithful to him, even though God was still faithful. And Rephidim is a place where Amalekites attack children of Israel's, Israel. And in fact, they got defeated. Amalek got defeated. So Amalek were the first nation or first among the nation to make war against the children of Israel. And going forward, he will come across many such cities and many such nations making war with the children of God. But Amalek was the first nation to war, make such war among, against children of Israel. So we read that in Numbers chapter 24 verse 20, we read about it. Who are these Amalekites? Let's talk a little bit about who are these Amalekites? It's very interesting to find out that. And this is very important for this morning's sermon. Who are these Amalekites? Can you look at your neighbor and ask, who is Amalekite? Look at your neighbor and ask everybody, who is Amalekite? Did you get any answer? No, okay, listen to me. Who are these Amalekites? This is, as I said, it's very important. And we are talking about the spiritual attacks that are coming against you and your family. So it is important to understand the kind of enemy that we are dealing against. Amen? So who are these Amalekites? The Amalekites were the posterity or descendants of Esau. Any of you remember Esau? Hello? Any of you remember Isa? Who is Isa? Forefathers? Isaac's son? Then what else? Jacob's brother? And then what? Who? Oh, okay. Abraham's grandson. Okay, I, I think let's go with Jacob's brother <laughs> before you go further. <laughs> okay, let's go with Jacob's brother, right? So you all know him, right? Amalekites were the descendants of Esau. Remember, this is becoming very interesting now. Esau had two sons. One son's name is Eliphaz. He was born to the first wife, Ada. And Reuel, Reuel was the son of Esau's another wife, called Bezmath. We read that in Genesis 36. We don't go there. Amalek was one of the sons of Eliphaz. We read that in 1 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 36. So who is Amalek? He was the son of Eliphaz. So who is Eliphaz? Esau's son. Now who is Amalek? Esau's grandson. Are you sure? Are you sure in the, about the math? Okay, so who is Amalek? He was the grandson of Esau. Esau's son is, was Amalek, sorry, Eliphaz, and Eliphaz's son was Amalek. 
right so isa's grandson now who was isa we talked about so many things about isa abraham's grandson that's good isa was the brother of jacob obviously we know that who hated jacob because jacob took the took what the birthright and all the blessings right from his father so isa was not happy about jacob now isa's grandson is coming to fight against whom moses are you with me? Esau was not happy about Jacob because Jacob took the birthright. Now Esau's son Eliphaz and Eliphaz's son Amalek. So Esau's grandson Amalek is coming to fight against whom? Moses and the children of God. Are you with me? Say amen if you are okay. Amen. Now listen to me. Abraham's grandson Esau who hated Jacob. Now Esau's grandson Amalek. Now he's coming to fight against Moses and the children of Israel. And we see something here. I don't know whether you notice that. I see something here very evident, very clear. I see the generational enmity against God's children. The generational enmity against God's children. I want to talk about that this morning. We are talking about the battlegrounds. In fact, the prophet Malachi he puts it this way. He says, God loves Jacob and God hates Esau. Can you turn to Malachi chapter 1 verses 2 and 3. Let's read the scriptures. Malachi chapter 1 verses 2 and 3. I have loved you, says the Lord. Yet you say, in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord. Yet Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. You know, there are very few people in the word of God. God said, I have hated. And he is one among them. And laid waste his mountains and his heritages for the jackals of the wilderness. So Esau, God is against Esau. And we see the generational enmity from the life of Esau passed on to his son and to his grandson Amalek. Now Amalek is fighting against Moses and the children of God. So in Amalekite, this is very important. Listen to this. We see the hereditary enemy team who hated God, now fighting with God's people. We see the malice, the hatred, or the wickedness of Esau running through the blood, blood into the generation of the Amalekites. Now in a spiritual sense, listen to me, these Amalekites are the hereditary enemy the devil has caused in your life. Are you with me? And in your family that is running through the bloodline of generation from one generation to the another generation. I'll repeat that. We see the hereditary enemy who hated God. Now fighting against God's people. And we see the malice and wickedness that is coming and flowing through the blood of Esau into the future generation. In a spiritual sense these Amalekites are nothing but... No one else other than the hereditary enmity the devil has cast in your life and in your family that is running through the blood into future generation. I want you to listen to me carefully. It's important. That includes when we see the generational wickedness running through the generation into the future generation that includes hereditary sicknesses such as Cancer, Alzheimer, diabetes, arthritis, and heart diseases, and there are more. Generational barrenness, 
hormone problems, menstrual problems, fibroids, miscarriages, cysts and tumor, bladder problems, kidney stones, disability. Running through the generation, we see that around every day when we deal with families. Premature sudden death, family causes of lack and poverty, unemployment, debt. They don't leave the families. Laziness, no vision, no proper direction. They will just go out, go out and eat, come and eat, fold their hands and sleep. No ambition and no direction. This morning we are talking about the battleground of Rephidim where Amalekites fought with the children of Israel. You know, often we take it easy, listen to me. Often we take these things very easy. We say that, oh, his father had this problem and now he has. His mother had this issue. Now the daughter is also going through the issue. You know, it's not something which cannot be taken light. We are talking about the generational, the generational causes and the generational wickednesses, wickedness that are passed on into the future generation through the bloodline. And the enemy does that. Esau was triggering that. Now Amalek is executing that against the children of Israel. But this morning, God is telling us to identify the Amalek who is in the midst of us, who is fighting with us so that his influence in our family among our children can be totally cut off. Can you say an amen? amen. Now we need to understand the strategy to attack the devil in this situation, in this context, who is causing the hereditary and generational and some of those genetic issues in our family. Listen to this. Let's go to the battleground of Rephidim. In fact, I would like the scriptures. Read the scriptures again. Exodus 17. Let's read 8 to 3. Sorry, 13. 8 to 13. Let's again see closely what's happening there in the battleground. Now, Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron and Har went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hands, the Israel prevailed. And when he laid down his hands, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and sat on it. He sat on it and Aaron and Har supported his hands, one on one side. And the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Battle with Amalek. As we read through the story, battle with Amalek cannot be owned by a single individual. Couple of things, couple of quick observations. Also, the battle doesn't need a big army. Neither. It cannot be won by a single individual. Battle with Amalek. We're talking about the enemy who is throwing the generational issues in our family. Battle with Amalek doesn't need a whole lot of army. The battle needs only Moses, Joshua, Aaron, Hur, and some of the soldiers. Maybe 100 soldiers, maybe 200 soldiers, maybe 300. Some soldiers, that's what the Bible says. But not the entire army. Also in the battle, not everyone is holding the same position. Not everybody is going, going, going together and fighting against the enemy. No, not, not that. Everyone has their own responsibility. Everyone is expected to do their part in the battle. 
Couple of roles I see here as a strategy for the battle as we go further down is very well drawn here in the word of God. If you look at the comparison of this army, this is what we find. Let's, let's go there. Let's go there. Moses. We find Moses there. Moses is a kind of admiral or a major general of the army. When you compare you know, this strategy with the Canadian army, Canadian military or Canadian navy. So Moses is standing there as an admiral or a major general. And Joshua, obviously the captain, are the commander of the army. And Aaron and her, they are called corporal or sergeant, or they are kind of you know, non-commissioned officers in the armed force. They are just available like a soldiers, like police officers. And we have also have some of the soldiers there. You know, this is a composition of the army of the Lord. They were going against Amalekites. Let's look at how the battle advances. Simple strategy. Moses is commissioning Joshua to take some of the whole soldiers and go to the battlefield directly to fight against the Amalekites. Moses and Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. Moses was holding the rod of God. You remember the rod of God with which he parted the Red Sea, which, with which he's going to part the river Jordan. You know, there is so much is going to happen again in his life through this rod that God has given to him. So he has gone to the mountaintop with the rod of God in his hand. And when Moses held up his hands, Bible says Israel prevailed or Israel advanced. So Moses' hands were like this. Children of Israel were attacking the Amalekites. And when Moses put his hands down, Amalek were attacking children of Israel. You know, that's the kind of strategy that's happening, that's going on there. Now Moses' hands became weary, very tired. And now they put a stone and asked Moses to sit on the stone and his hands need to be held up. Otherwise, they are going to lose in the battle. Now Aaron came one side and Hur came another side. And they were supporting both the hands of Moses. And from morning till evening, till the sun goes down, his hands were up. And Joshua took the army forward and defeated the Amalekites. In fact, Bible says, then until uh, sun goes down, Moses' hands were lifted up and Joshua utterly defeated the Amalek with the edge of the sword. That means he killed, he slew everybody. You know, that's the kind of victory that God gave to children of Israel. Then Moses built an altar and called the name of the altar as Jehovah God is my banner. And because the Lord God has sown, promised that he will never, sorry, he will always war against the Amalek from generation to generation. Now, what is important here is remember, as I mentioned, Amalek refers to the curses that are running through the bloodline from one generation to the another generation. Are you with me this morning? We are talking about the curses. I see that in my life. I see that in many lives. The curses are running through the generation from generation to another generation. You know, one day before, very long ago, we visited a man of God, whom we consider as a man of God, and we prayed with him. And I, I guess it was kind of joy opened that topic saying that, um, just pray for my diabetes, diabetic, you know, I'm diabetic, just pray for my diabetes. And, uh, and uh, she just said that it's, uh, it's generational. And he, he said, stop. Stop saying that it is generational. It is not generational, it is a curse that needs to be broken. If you don't break that, it will, it, will, it, it will hurt you and it will come to your generation and your future generation. 
You know, this morning we need to understand how enemy is clever throwing those things in, into our lives so that not only our lives, even the future generation is affected. So this morning it is very important to understand the strategy with which Amalekites, Amalekites were fought with by the children of Israel. So how do we fight such a generational curse in our family? Listen to me. Now we understand the scenario of the battle here in Rephidim. Now let's make some spiritual parallels of what we are going through in our lives. Now I realize the powers of darkness, the spirit of hell is set loose today to cause such sicknesses, diseases and disasters in our family. I have been telling that the devil is always in war with us. Yes? The devil doesn't like we having our lives built on Christ. He doesn't like that. He doesn't like your children coming to church and worshiping God. And he will try his best to do work against. And we are talking about the kingdom of Amalekite. Kingdom of Amalek. Working against the children of God. But we belong to another kingdom. The kingdom of light. Where Moses and Joshua and her. They belong to so I want to make a parallel this morning. I want to you know, talk about the spiritual composition of the army. Or the composition of the spiritual army today. Okay? So we saw Moses there standing in the mountaintop. So I see Moses standing on the top of the hill. With the staff of God. I see a type of God Almighty. The major general of the army. Standing there. When you pray to God, you know, David says in many of his psalms, I look my heads, I turn my heads towards heaven. When we pray to God, how do we pray? We pray to God looking up. Do you look down and pray? Yes or no? Hello? Do you look down and pray? Okay, you're not sure. You're confused. Where is God? Okay, that's another question which will confuse. God is everywhere, right? So, right? so we know that where is heaven? Okay. Okay. What else we can say? Where is Zion? Okay. Help me here. Okay, let's... Uh, right, so where God is seated enthroned in heaven which heaven okay up heaven first heaven second heaven third heaven uh, <laughs> sorry above on the sky he's in third heaven listen to me bible study he's in the third heaven who is in the second heaven we need to start the bible study i guess right so second heaven is filled with all the demonic forces right no Remember Daniel? He was praying. And Gabriel was bringing the message. To him immediately the moment he knelt down. And who was blocking? The power of darkness. Right? What is the first heaven? When you go out and see, you see the galaxy. Which galaxy we are in? Milky Way. Thank God. Okay, you know science a bit. Astronomy a bit. Okay, so we are in, belong to Milky Way galaxy. So we see our galaxy. Right, even with the naked eye in the dark night. So that's the first heaven, and we have a second heaven, and we got third heaven, and God is there, Almighty. 
So now Moses is standing there on mountain top. We compare Moses as God Almighty, the major general of the army. And who is Joshua, by the way? Jesus, right? The same name, Joshua and Jesus. So Jesus is the commander of the army, Aaron and her. Who are they? The church and the spiritual leaders. Who are the spiritual leaders? Who is your spiritual leader? A lot of questions this morning. Okay, who are all the spiritual leaders here? What is that? Everyone is a good answer. Everyone is a spiritual leader. At least you are a leader to yourself. Amen. Thank God. Right? So everyone is a spiritual leader. We are called to lead people to Christ. Don't you know that? Simple. We are all, there is no other spiritual leader here. So we are all, you know, Moses, sorry, Aaron and her, the church and the spiritual leaders. And we see the church, the prayer warriors, the soldiers, the army moving forward. We are talking about the composition, the spiritual composition of the battle of Rephidim. Now, this is how we fight against the Amalekites. Who's causing the hereditary issues we are going through today in our lives that is affecting our children and our offsprings. This is how we want to fight the Amalekites. This is Amalekites. This is very important. Moses standing on top of the hill. Aaron and her lifting Moses' hands. I want you to imagine that scenario. How awesome it is. Moses standing on top of the hill, hands lifted up. Aaron and her supporting him. Spiritually, when we fight against these Amalekites, listen to me, this is important. Listen to me, all of you. Number one, Moses' hands need to be lifted up. If he puts his hand down, what will happen? Amalekites will, children of Israel will be defeated. If he puts his hand up, children of Israel will win. They will move forward. Number one, when you want to fight against such generational curses in our lives, number one, we need to have faith. We need to hold the shield of faith. Can you say shield of faith? With which we need to battle the spiritual battle. Can I see your hand like this? All of your hands, if you have. Right? So can you say shield of faith? Just give a punch in the air. Shield of faith. Everybody, Methylene, come on, take, take your right hand. Yes, give a punch now. Shield of faith. Okay, don't hit others, okay? Now, shield of faith. Okay, good. So, number one, when you want to fight against, you know, I'm really serious, actually. You know, even though we are just taking you know, a little bit of jokes here, but it's a very important message. I want you to listen. That's the idea. Number one, you hold the shield of faith. We are trying to fight against the causes that are coming in our lives, coming against our children. Hands lifted up means keeping our faith up. Hands put down means keeping our faith low. There are times in our lives our faith goes so low. Listen to me. When our faith goes low, who takes the power? Who takes control? Amalek. Are you with me? When our faith goes down, Amalekites, they take authority in your life. You may know it or you may not know it, but don't allow your faith to come down. Don't try to disbelieve God. Don't try to disbelieve the power of God. Don't try to disbelieve the healing power of God. The moment you disbelieve, the moment your faith goes down, Amalek take power. We see that in the scenario. 
Never drop your hands down. Keep your faith up. Keep the shield of faith always up. Number two, truth must be lifted up. Amen. Truth must be lifted up for the battle to be won. Sword of the spirit. That is nothing but the word of God. Two things important. Two hands. And both hands need to be lifted up. Shield of faith. Shield of faith and sword of the spirit. That is the word of God with which we fight. Truth is nothing but Jesus himself is truth. Because he is the word. He said, I am the truth. And he said, John writes saying that he was word and he is word. He has come down the word in flesh. We touch and we experience. Jesus lift Jesus up. Are you with me? Lift Jesus up the word of God. Truth is standing firm on the truth. On the word of God. What is truth? The word of God is truth. So how much is truth in the word of God? Everything is truth, right? But now if I ask you one by one, what are the truths? You will start saying that this is the truth, this is the truth, this is the truth. So the truth is revealed from this word of God. So now one truth, once truth is revealed to you, you get the truth. And once you know what is truth, never leave the truth. You know, listen to me, that's what is important. If you do not know something, it's fine, it's okay. But once we know that this is the truth, we want to stand for it. You know, that's a sign of a child of God. Never let that go. Never compromise in those areas. If you do not know, it is okay. But the moment we know that something is truth, no matter what happens, you know, many women and women of God gave their lives for the truth. Because they don't want to just give that. They don't want to sell the truth. Our hands need to be lifted up. Shield of faith need to be lifted up. Word of God and the sword of the spirit need to be lifted up. Truth is also the written word of God. And with which we need to fight. That's Moses and Aaron and her. What's going on with Joshua there? The army is moving forward. Now when the army is moving forward, the church and the leadership and the believers, they are all in prayer. They are prayer warriors. They are advancing in prayer. Can you say advancing in prayer? Can you show this action advancing in prayer, all of you? Right? So when Aaron and her, they're supporting the hands of Moses, you have shield of faith and you have the sword of the spirit in your hand. And the church is praying. The actual battle takes place on our knees. But we need this. We need our hands lifted up. Without faith, we cannot pray really. Without word of God, there is nothing to pray. We need both, even to pray. And Joshua is advancing in the army, in the battle. Now what's happening? What the army is doing? They are in action. Faith without action is dead. They believe. And now there is an action. What is an action? They are slaying down all the Amalekites with the edge of the sword. Just want to throw a little bit light here. Using the authority in the word of God. Amen. Can you say authority? authority? Using the authority in the word of God. I want to read a couple of scriptures here. Luke chapter 9 verses 1 to 2. Luke chapter 9 verse 1. Then Jesus called his disciples, 12 disciples together and gave them what? Can you say that with me? Gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. 
He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Using the word of God is using the authority in the word of God. You know, those curses will not go if you don't use the word of God in the authority that is God has given in the word of God. You need to fight, holding your faith, holding the sword of the spirit. And we need to speak this word of God using the authority. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, the very well-known scripture for us. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Go ahead and read that together. 18, they will take up serpents. And they will recover. So using the authority that is in the word of God. Number two. We need to claim the promises that are in the word of God. Amen. I'm talking about how do we gain victory over such issues that we are dealing with today. We need to use the authority in the word of God. Now we need to claim the promises that are written in the word of God. Now many of us do not know this. How do we claim the promises that are written in the word of God? We know many scriptures, but when praying, we need to claim these promises. Listen to me, this is important. For example, I give one example. God says in Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. God says, I will put, read that with me, none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Who said this? God said this. God said this in Exodus God, if God said this, that is true forever. Nobody can alter this. And how do we claim the word of God when we pray? Listen to me, this is important. Some of us are not taught this way. Some of us are taught to just to pray. God, bless me. Bless my family. And feed me. Right? Give me good sleep. Protect me in Jesus' name. Amen. Nothing will happen. When we go through this difficult moment in our lives, we need to claim the promises of God. One example, Lord, when you pray, speak to prayer is nothing but speaking to God. Lord, you said, Lord, you will not put any sickness that came upon the Egyptians. Remember the ten plagues? The more sicknesses, Lord, you said this, Lord. I believe 100% that this was said by you. Now, I claim this word of God. Let the devil know that I'm standing on the promise of God. You are not just standing on your word. You are not just standing on your imagination. But you are standing on the promise of God. When we do this, devil has no control. He loses his power. If literally you can see his hands are shaking and his hands are falling apart. He cannot hold you anymore. Using the authority in the word of God. Claiming the promises of the word finally. Overcome the attack with the word of God. Overcome the attacks with the word of God. You know, Jesus, devil came to Jesus three times. Tempting me, tempting him. And every time Jesus overcame devil by saying, it is written. Are you with me? Man shall not live by bread alone. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. You shall worship the Lord God. And him alone you shall serve. He said it is written. It is written. Use the word of God to fight against the enemy. The fear that is coming in your life at the mid of the night. You need to fight that. You need to fight that with the word of God. The confusion that you caused in your life. You need to fight that with the word of God. Jesus was sleeping in the boat. Remember that scenario. And there was a 
stormed, raging against Jesus. He arose and he rebuked that storm. And he said, peace be still. And word of God says there was peace. In prayer, we need to speak to those enemy. That enemy who is causing you trouble. You need to speak to those mountains that are standing in front of you. You need to speak to those diseases which you consider, which you identify. They are from the generation of Esau. You need to cancel those sicknesses by the word of God, speaking the word of God. We are in the battleground as individuals and as families fighting against Amalek. Who already brought enough damage in our lives. Enough health issues in our lives. And we are so used to deal with those health issues and be happy with that. No, but God is giving, God has a special life for you. God has a blessed life for you. It is given in our hands and we need to receive. We need to claim the promises of God. We need to attack him. We don't want him to attack our children, our future generation. And this morning, as we are in the battleground of Rephidim, as we understand the scenario with which children of Israel attacked the enemy of Amalekites, we remember or I want to summarize this way. Can you all stand for a moment? I want you to read this together with me. Out loud. Fighting against the Amalekite. That means generational curses. How do we do that? Shall we read together? Holding the shield of faith. Just, just when you read that, just remember. Because you'll be able to apply that when you go back home. Holding the shield of faith. Fighting with the sword of the spirit. Praying against those curses as a team. Individually, we cannot fight. We need to fight as a team. Share that you are concerned with the people of God who will pray for you and pray with them. Slaying the Amalek by the word of God, by taking authority, by claiming his promises, and by speaking the word against the attacks. Amen. Shall we all close our eyes this morning?